Welcome to Real Estate Boss Radio. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Coburn Shepik, today's host for the Real Estate Boss podcast. I want to dive in with you guys today. We have an important subject that's been brought to the table from some of our members. Uh, the topic for today is analyzing fix and flips for single family real estate. Uh, this is one of the most popular business strategies for, for smaller investors, uh, which is starting out doing their first fix and flip deal. A lot of people want to do a fix and flip deal uh, because it's very popular and you, people know that you can profit uh, short term on these deals. And yes, you can. You can also lose on these deals. So the topic for today, analyzing fix and flips is so important because in any business, you do not want to take losses. In any business, you want to stay afloat and have positive cash flow. That's why we're doing this. So this is so important because you can make a bad buy if you don't know how to do this properly. So we're going to dive in and cover uh, a few topics for today. One, how to analyze after repaired value or ARV. Uh, two, how to analyze repair costs, the cost of doing uh, your remodel. Three, how to analyze the cost of the sale, real estate commissions, etc. Four, how to analyze your carrying costs. There's always a cost of operating while you're doing the, that remodel. You got to keep the lights on. Uh, you might have private money or hard money involved that you're paying interest on. Number five, Hannah, how to analyze your purchase price. So that's the last thing that we're trying to determine. Uh, so you can make an offer on your first deal. Your offer is the most important thing. If you cannot uh, come up with your criteria, your personal, your business's criteria of what you need uh, margin-wise or deal-wise to make this deal work for you, you're not going to stay in business. So never write an offer that you're not comfortable with executing. If you're not excited about the deal or if it's an iffy deal, you do not want to be a part of that deal. We want to find motivated sellers. We do not want to be motivated buyers. So we're going to dive right into it, how to analyze ARV or aftermarket value. There's really, you know, there's really just one step of this and it's obviously defining what property you have. There's multiple different types of real estate as we know and we're talking about single family right now, but there's obviously many, many different types of single family properties. So you're determining, obviously you're finding your prospect property, what you're looking at, what you're interested in. And once you have that, you're understanding what it's listed at, what conditions it, it's currently in, and then you're trying to determine its value once it's in an updated uh, standard. And so by updated standard, meaning that it's freshly remodeled and ready for a new family. So after repaired value is an updated property. It's not dated, it doesn't have a kitchen that's been in there for 30 years. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't need new paint. It's totally fresh, this is what updated is. So how to analyze ARV, you're going to find 
comparable properties. Now, comparable properties is a tight, a tight group. It's not any property. You know, if you're looking at real estate in the Phoenix Valley where I'm located in, you're not looking at the whole Phoenix Valley to find comparable properties. You're looking at your property and you're drawing a circle around it, uh, a, at most a two, three mile radius, and you need to find properties that are as similar as you can get. Meaning if I have a single story property with a, a, a nice corner lot, I need to find something that's single family that has a good lot and that's in a similar location and size and age. That's comparable. A non-comparable property to my corner lot single story house would be a townhome that's that's five miles away that's a new build. That would not be a comparable property. So you're finding these comparable properties. Two sides to this. You're finding comparable properties that are active on the market, meaning that they're listed for sale, and you're needing to find properties that are recently sold, meaning they have already been closed, so you can see what they listed for and what they actually sold for, what the purchase price was. Now, it is sometimes difficult to find these comparable properties, so you gotta do the best that you can do, but you can't be lazy about it, because if you don't determine this value, this after repair value, you're gonna lose on the deal. Because if you put X amount into it and you're gonna think you get X amount out of it, but it actually costed, or it's actually not worth what you thought, you're gonna lose. Uh, so find at least, at minimum, five properties that have been recently sold and that are active, another five that are active, and these need to be comparable. You're gonna look at these, each one of these in depth understand what concessions were provided to the buyers, if any, understand what they listed for, understand the age, square foot, everything about them to determine what yours might be. Okay, that's how you're analyzing this after repaired value. Once you understand what that is, then you'll determine, then you'll have a good idea of what, how much room there is in the deal. If you're looking at this property, they have it listed for you know, $200,000 and you only think it's worth fixed up, you know, 225 at most, obviously there's not much room there because you're gonna have to put money into it, invest time and effort, etc. So this is super important. The next step in analyzing single family real estate is analyzing your repair costs. Now we have uh, a document or a form checklist that we use called the property repair list. This is something that we uh, provide to our real estate boss members and I use in my personal business a lot of my partners use it as well the same exact checklist you're walking through and you can create your own checklist all it is is it's a form that has a list of pretty much everything in the house right A to Z every room and then it has a spot for uh, square footage or you know a measurement uh, and then you have a cost for supply expense or supply cost and labor expense or labor cost. And you're using this sheet to walk through your property, obviously before you make your offer, you're determining what the property needs, and you're using the sheet to walk through every room and take notes on what needs to be done. Now this is something that I would recommend having a, a contractor, a licensed contractor execute. It's not needed. Uh, 
if not a contractor, you know, uh, someone who you trust to inspect the property, you can even pay for a property inspection, which knowing that you might not write an offer on that property, I would more so get a relationship with a good contractor that understands properties. This isn't rocket science. So you're getting a list of, does the floor need to be done? Okay, yes, if so, how many square feet is the floor? Okay, then you're determining what floor you're gonna buy and now all of a sudden you understand the cost of that floor. Okay, and you're going through the house, we need appliances, we need paint, we need et cetera, et cetera. And you're making this list to understand the property's needs to determine how much it's going to cost to repair or remodel. Once you have this sheet, you need to take it back to your team or yourself and decide how much or what level of updating we're gonna do. You can buy a $1,000 fridge, you can buy a $5,000 fridge, that's your choice. In my opinion, when you're starting out, you should be in the median home range, meaning that you're catering to first time home buyers. And so you're doing quality job, but on a affordable level. Uh, so I, that's where I would start out just because it's less risky and less money is needed to make uh, these smaller deals happen. Okay, so the next step in this process of analyzing real estate is you need to understand the sales cost. And the sales cost is the cost of selling that property. There's cost to that. As we know, real estate agents have a commission. That's how they get paid. It ranges from normally three, three to 3.5% on the seller side and the buyer side. Usually, they both come out of the property sale. So 6% or 7% right away is part of the sales cost. Okay, now this sales cost analysis will defer state by state. And depending on what brokerage you're using, or if you're trying for sale by owner, or if you have a different strategy than the traditional sale, which is listing the property on the MLS and going to a, the title company to close. If you're going to do that traditional sale, which if you're in the real estate business and you are buying and selling properties on a regular basis, not just a one-off, I would highly recommend getting a good broker on your team that's on your side and is getting paid for it, and you have a title company you work with and you do these deals right. You're not cutting corners trying to save 3% to list it for sale by owner on Zillow and, tr and show the property yourself. You wanna do this correctly if you're gonna be in business for the long run. So this cost will differ, obviously, States different have, you know, different states have rules. Agents have different commission rates, etc. And so I would build for your business, you want to build your what we call your rule of thumbs. Okay, so our rule of thumbs uh, in the states that we, you know, do business in are pretty simple. We have a seller's agent commission at 3%, a buyer's agent commission at 3%. Seller concession is usually 1 to 3% of the sales price. A seller concession is helping your buyer get into the property. A lot of these buyers for median homes are first-time home buyers or you know young families. And a lot of them usually ask for concession, part of their down payment, or help in, in, in getting into that property, which usually ends up being between one and three percent of the sales cost. Now that is avoidable but it's a buffer that we use because it's very common, okay? Closing costs, this is how the title company gets paid. 
so closing costs is usually one to three percent of the sales price. My rule of thumb is one percent in the states that I operate in. And then on top of that, there is what's called a home warranty. And this warrants the buyer uh, it, for a certain amount of time in that property. If the AC goes out in the first year, you, that warranty will cover most of it. And this is avoidable as well. A lot of buyers ask for it, but it is something that can be negotiated. It's usually about 500 bucks. Uh, that's our rule of thumb. So this sales cost is important for you to understand for your properties and when you're buying properties and helping sellers understand where they're at financially in their property, you can use the same rule of thumb to help them understand and gain the knowledge of, of understanding how much equity they truly have. Uh, a lot of people that are listing for sale by owner houses don't really understand that if a traditional sale, this would cost them you know tens of thousands of dollars and they only think they have 20,000 in equity, there's really no money there. So anyway, sales costs. That's pretty much it. Use your rule of thumb always and understand you know, your, your laws in your state. So we're moving on to the, to the next section here uh, of the process is analyzing your carrying costs. Now what your carrying costs are, any business has a carrying cost. When you're buying and selling real estate, fixing up and selling real estate, your carrying cost is not your cost of repairs, it's not the cost of purchase, it's what it costs you to hold that property while you're fixing it up and while you've got it listed for sale. What those costs are is utilities for one, you gotta have lights on and power on to do it, to have a construction site, and you need water, because you have to have a toilet and a sink, and you also, depending on how, uh, depending on how, you have purchased this property, whether you are using hard money, which is the most common way of buying and fixing up houses. Hard money is an expensive loan. It's a short-term loan that's usually between 10 and 15% interest. It's a very high loan, it's short-term. And this would be a major cost of carrying costs. So our rule of thumb, most of the deals that I do we've got about 10% interest rate, and we've got about two points or 2% as a down payment on that loan to get the financing. Okay, so this would be a carrying cost of 10% annualized divided by the months that we're working on that property and have it listed for sale. So we've got utilities, we've got the down payment on the, the hard money loan, and we've got the interest on that loan. Uh, and the other thing that is very common when you're buying a house that's actually required in certain states is a fire policy. And in some states you have a flood policy that's required when you own a property. So if you're buying a property, when I buy a property to fix it up, we require fire insurance. The state requires it. It's about a $500 or $600 policy. I believe they're usually six months. So these are my rule of thumb carrying costs when doing a deal. You've got all these expenses. You always need to understand what your expenses are in any business. If you leave out this carrying cost, there's another several thousand dollars out of the deal. Okay, it's important. Last but not least, 
how to analyze your purchase price. Now to do this, any part of this business, going back to this, I'm stepping back here, you need to understand your criteria, what your niche is, what you require out of a deal, where you buy, what you're buying, etc. And so analyzing this purchase price, there's a variable in here that you need to determine. And it, the variable is how much profit or what's your margin or what's your cash on cash return, etc. that you need to get out of this deal for it to make sense. Uh, so the equation that we use is, it goes like this. You find your after repaired value or your ARV, okay? In this case, let's call it 250,000. That's what your property is worth fixed up, okay? Less what you put in as repairs. Less what the cost of carrying it is. Less what the cost of the sale is. Less what you require as a margin or a profit for you to do the deal. So I'm gonna throw in some figures here. I know we're not watching, but if your ARV is $250,000, if then we minus our repair costs, in this case I'm putting 41,000, minus our carrying costs of 8,000, minus our sales costs of 25,000, minus what I need out of the deal, which is 25,000, that means I need to put a purchase price in there or an offer of $150,000 for my deal to work. Okay, now these numbers, when you're coming up with these numbers, you need to put room for failure in there room for errors. There's always, always, always more than expected. You might walk through a house, think it needs paint, or think it just needs a new floor or new carpet, and you pull up the paint or peel back the drywall, and you see mold, you see cracks, you see foundational foundation issues. Uh, when you're doing this, always take a better safe than sorry uh, approach to this business because it is very easy to make a mistake and you need to put plenty of room there always and never cut yourself short on your margins. You can lose on this, this, this business, but you can also gain a lot if you're good at analyzing deals and making the right purchases. I hope this helps you guys. Thank you for being here with me while we discuss analyzing fix and flips for real estate. If you are not a real estate boss member, I want to invite you to our free community to join our growing group of investors. Real estate boss is built for young and seasoned investors to grow, connect, do deals together, help share input and just learn and, and, and have a network. My biggest thing for myself is, is built bringing this community together, helping you guys get your first deals. And hopefully we can share and connect along the way. Uh, so thank you guys for being here. I'm Coburn Shepik, your host for today's podcast. I hope you guys have an excellent week. Cheers. Yeah.